It's Tuesday, October 6th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me today, he's in a good mood because the Yankees won last night. It's Bill Barker. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. That's that's true. I'm in a good mood. <laughs> uh, we are going to look at the retail landscape. We are going to talk about capital allocation, at least how one company is executing their capital allocation strategy. But we're going to start with the stock of the day. Shares of Alteryx up more than 25% this morning. The data analytics software company increased revenue guidance for the third quarter. They're also shuffling uh, some positions in the boardroom, but I'm assuming this is about the increased guidance. Yeah, I believe that's the case. And although it is up 25% today, it really collapsed about 30% last month. Uh, so it had uh, pulled back on not really uh, decreased guidance, just had, had said that uh, the, the second quarter, w- although it beat estimates, was not really beating sort of the whisper numbers and that they didn't see things going on uh, for the second half of the year, uh, improving over sort of where they were. Uh, now they're kind of correcting that and the stock is making up uh, about half of what it lost uh, following the, the second quarter earnings report. So uh, it's been a very volatile stock. Uh, it's done okay compared to a lot of other software performers. It's not; it does not stand out. Uh, it's it's up a, a bit this year, but nothing close to uh, the better performers. I was looking at a one-year chart of Alteryx and reminded of the comment you made from time to time, which is this is a stock that has visited lots of interesting places in the past twelve months. Although you you zoom that out, the five-year chart of Alteryx is not only impressive it's certainly more stable it's one of those things if you're if you've been a longtime shareholder of this company and you've got the stomach to deal with a, a stock that in less than a year can hit eighty dollars a share get up to 180 as you said drop 30 percent it's uh, it's back up I think in the mid 140s right now but um, it, it, this is not a company I follow closely so is, is this a business that has all of a sudden gotten lumpier in, in their revenue stream? Or is this just sort of like, look, there's a global pandemic on, and um, this is just how 2020 has gone, not just for Alteryx, but for a lot of businesses? I, I would say more the latter. It's doing in a quarter about what it was doing in terms of revenue two and a half years ago. So 2017, total sales, uh, I think, uh, around 130, 140 million. This is doing that around that uh, in a quarter now. So, yeah, as you point out correctly, the longer term is the up and to the right chart that, that you like to see. And over the last year, uh, a lot of a lot of peaks and valleys. But it's doing well. It's growing, uh, you know, north of 20 percent a year. And uh, I think that that is. You know, continuing to, to have a good long-term story, it's hard to value things growing as fast as, as a company like this is. Uh, a little bit of a hiccup, and you got a lot of people sitting on a lot of profits. Maybe they're not long-term shareholders, and 30% of them get out in a day, uh, as, as may ha- have happened with their most recent uh, earnings report. So, you know, today's return to the story that the earnings and revenue stories uh, are good uh, and are looking a little bit better than they were two months ago. 
You can add Dollar Tree to the list of retailers gearing up for the holidays. Dollar Tree says it plans to hire 25,000 seasonal workers, most of whom are going to be in distribution centers, as Dollar Tree, like a lot of retailers, has seen a surge in online sales. Um, The Wall Street Journal had a pretty in-depth story today about the changing landscape. and. I want to get to a couple of different parts of it, but certainly, you know, what we're seeing with Dollar Tree and their announcement, because in in terms of just raw numbers, this is what Dollar Tree announced last year. Uh, you know, around twenty five thousand seasonal workers, um, but they're clearly moving more of them into their online operations. That's that's something we've seen sort of across the board this year. Yeah, there's a lot sort of going on here. It's not. Uh... You know, it's it's doing catch up on its online sales. That said, it's it's got a full uh, online offering, and it's featuring. If you go to it, uh, featuring its Christmas goods right now, uh, here in the first week of October, which is uh, another indication that it is going to be a long holiday season. Uh, just as you may have seen on your infrequent trips to the grocery store, the Halloween candy was out nice and early this year. I don't know, July, maybe? Certainly. August. So, I, I, You know, definitely August, maybe July in some places uh, where they like candy even more than others. Uh, so long seasons, long holiday seasons, and it's going to be largely online. If you're not prepared for an online delivery system, you're going to be in trouble. Uh, A lot of retailers are already in a lot of trouble. So, to go back to that journal story, and I'll I'll put the link out uh, in the Market Foolery Twitter feed, Uh, one of the things that caught my eye was uh, when they break out retail by category, apparel is far and away (laughs) as bad as everyone thinks it is. I mean, it's it's. We knew it was really challenged, uh, but to see it in chart form is to see that this is by far the worst retail category. And good luck to anyone who wants to go bottom feeding with apparel stocks and and try and and look for value there because it is really ugly for that industry. Yeah, what have you bought since all this kicked in, apparel-wise, you personally? Uh, in terms of clothes, yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't think I. I. You know, uh, this is the problem. Yeah, it was a specialty retailer. Um, I, I mentioned this uh, uh, on uh, the full live video stream last week. Uh, producer Dan Boyd um, has a podcast, and uh, they have a swag shop, and I bought a shirt. From that, I don't think that shows up in the like the National Retail Federation numbers. I don't know that they're including uh, uh, Dan and his buddy Campbell's podcast and their swag shop in there. But that's that's pretty much the only apparel I've bought recently. Yeah, people aren't dressing up uh, to go to an office. They're not dressing up to you know go to vacation. They're they're in their house. They only have to look good, uh, if at all, from uh, the neck up in most cases, and so. On top of that, you've got teenagers in particular who have less disposable income than I think they've had in three decades, maybe. Uh, and you know, they had uh, a lion's share of the, the jobs that uh, 
you know, like uh, waiters and waitresses and and jobs, summer jobs that just weren't there that would have put money in their pockets, and, and they are a big chunk of that retail apparel channel. So, you know, the, the office uh, retail is is just gone, and the teenagers don't have the money, and and the, the malls were closed, and maybe maybe Christmas can help a little bit, but uh, you know, I think it is. That's one of the channels that's uh, going to continue to be highly challenged uh, before any return to normalcy. And yet, we are seeing, you step outside of the apparel category, we're also seeing retailers in different categories really uh, boost their profit margins. Uh, eBay, Dollar General, Lowe's, O'Reilly Automotive. I mean, these are just sort of second quarter year over year. They've seen a big boost to their profit margins, so it's you know it's not dire for retail as a category. It's just I, I think more important than ever before that investors do their homework. Yeah, you've got a lot of money saved from travel not taken and from uh, office space not expanded or or improved. Uh, so there are a lot of places where even if you have uh, sales that, that weren't meeting your goals or, or aren't growing uh, the way you would like them to, there are still a lot of costs that have been taken out. And, you know, it's not been in the first step of this story. It was the government that filled in the hole caused by a lot of the, the lost wages. Uh, where, you know, you see the market every day some of its action being ascribed to whether there is another uh, package that is going to come out of Congress or not. And it's it's the hole that is, is um, that was filled by the government may be filled again in terms of discretionary income that retail depends on. And so if the employers are not required to pay as many people as they used to, but people have as much money in their pockets, uh, as, as they may have had in some cases, and this has been blown out of proportion, but in some cases, people getting more money uh, from the government package than they were getting from their own jobs, uh, that has translated into a fair increase in savings for certain uh, portions of the economy that may be available for retail sa uh, sales. But, you know, absent a package where the government does what it did before or close to it, uh, I would expect that uh, those margins to, you know, not keep improving. The advertising industry is expected to see a year-over-year -year decline, but don't blame Mondelez. The chief financial officer for Mondelez um, has apparently started moving some money around, money that would have gone to things like executive travel, consulting, and real estate is now going to go to marketing. Uh, for the first time ever, Mondelez is going to spend more on digital marketing, marketing than television advertising. Uh, this is, of course, the parent company of such delicious items as Oreos and Ritz crackers and Cadbury chocolate. Um, this was an interesting uh, story for me to read, in part because it just got me thinking about how others see... I, I have to imagine many other CFOs are going through a similar exercise. Um, not all of them are going to put it into advertising, um, but this, you know, we we say all the time that you know one of the things 
you want to look for when you're looking at the management of a company you're thinking about share, buying shares of is, well, how are they when it comes to spending money, whether it's acquisitions or investments in their own business or, or something else altogether? Um, be interesting to see how Mondelez's capital allocation shifting pays off for them. Yeah, historically, you've attacked them for their allocation toward uh, increasing the number of Oreos uh, variations that they sell. Uh, so uh, they, maybe they've maxed out on that by now. But uh, advertising, online advertising, as you mentioned, uh, is has been a growing uh, you know channel. Uh, the people who are watching TV are doing it more and more in streaming form less and less in live uh, coverage. Uh, maybe they're watching some political coverage right now. I don't know if that's a great place to advertise Orioles or not. But uh, I think that uh, it's it, Mondelez does more of its sales abroad than here uh, by, by a large margin. So it's suffering in terms of its uh, emerging market sales. Uh, developed market sales are still okay, but it probably wants to expand in the emerging markets channels and at the same time defend uh, what it's got here. More advertising, less travel, that's going to put them in more people's minds. Uh, you know, it's a fair fight. I, I think people are people are eating a little bit poorly at the moment as, as a whole. Some people may have found that they are have some discipline. A lot of people have giving themselves a little bit more latitude to have more snacks. Uh, so that's not a bad equation for, for Mondelez. No, my uh, favorite statistic I've seen so far about H Halloween this year is that sales of Halloween-themed chocolate is up 25%. But the um, percentage of Americans in a survey who said they were um, going to be giving out Halloween candy is 14% lower than it was a year ago. So again, rising sales of Halloween chocolate, uh, but we're not going to be giving it out. I have to assume that ties neatly into your narrative of, yeah, we're, not only are we not eating better, we're eating worse and past the bag of uh, Halloween-themed Snickers. Sure, it could be that. It could be some very diligent research for next year uh, that people want to just uh, go through all the Halloween choices there are, knowing that next year is going to be huge, or no, hoping, right? We don't know much of anything anymore, but uh, hoping that next Halloween is going to be blowout. You're going to have to really be prepared. You got to nail the candy. So why not try it all right now? You're saying that it's a nationwide sampling that's going on in my house. Oh, okay. my house. <laughs> I'm possibly projecting. No, I'm I like trying that. To, trying to drag the rest of the country down with me. Uh, you know what? It hadn't even occurred to me to use the time between now and Halloween as as uh, essentially a, a testing ground for Halloween 2021. But I'm going to try that strategy in my own house. I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, this is your chance to try all those Oreos flavors you've um, skipped up <laughs> no, till now. No, 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 candy, not no. Oreos. Okay, I mean, some people give the like Oreo snack pack uh, at Halloween. That's yeah, that's it's a little bit. Of, it's not like an apple. 
No, it's that. yeah, it's not like you know organic fruit snacks or something like that. Like, don't yeah. be that house. Here's some dried broccoli. You know, <laughs> Bill Barker. Always good talking to you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about on The Motley Fool, may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.